Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Who Asked You, the podcast absolutely nobody asked for, but we are going to provide. My name is Caleb LaChapelle, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Ross Parker, the birthday boy. And as always, our good friend of the pod, Louis Bataro. How's it going, boys? What have we been up to? Ross, you want to kick us off? Tell us about the birthday week. I mean, yeah, why not? Uh, So birthday week linked up with a couple good childhood friends in the Bay Area, and we pitter-patter, let's get at her in the Bay Area, and I was recovering for much of the week. Birthday day itself, sushi, a lot of work. It was a busy week work-wise, so uh, didn't really get a ton done during the week, then took Friday off of work. Yesterday went did some wine tasting with some good friends uh, around home here. Now I'm just watching this shitty attempt at a pro bowl flag football game i saw they were playing dodgeball the other day yeah they or was that earlier today that, it was on correct me if i'm wrong Blue, it was thursday or friday that the skills competition was for the new pro bowl format um there are very few uh records i'm con- i'm really proud of in my life and not giving a shit about the pro bowl <laughs> is is a big but you know we're, we're at 30 40 years of that so yeah it's I, I'm just watching it just for the new format there. It's, so the first segment of it was like a skills competition. That's where you saw the dodgeball. Now today they are doing flag football along with some more skill competitions thrown in there. It's still stupid. I don't think there's any way to make people care about this game or for the players to care about this game. I mean, I was Whatever. stoked when Tyler Huntley got, got picked to replace – Josh Allen because he was too injured, but he went off to go play in a pro am in Pebble. So I was literally watching Josh Allen play in the pro am this morning. Yeah, and and no, don't get me wrong. If I'm Josh Allen, I'd rather go fucking play at Pebble. Yeah, I one thousand percent would rather go play at Pebble than playing this shitter of a game. The only way to get people to care about it is to put it in the middle of the season, like the rest of them. Yeah, it, and it'll never happen because there's so much risk of injury. Yeah, exactly. In the NFL, hundred percent. All this so, needs to be is like you got Pro Bowl. Here you go. Here's a bonus check. Yeah, come, it's it's just a award. It's party. just an extended award ceremony. It, that's it's, just it. It's what they help use to determine whether or not you're a Hall of Famer uh, five years after you retire. Yeah, right. Um, that's honestly not a bad way to do it, and players will still play hard for that extra paycheck. But uh, new content wise, the new the Dead Space remake came out uh last friday and i finished it after about a week or so and it was a wonderful revisit to the usg ishimura Uh, i know caleb you're not a fan of horror video games but i still think every gamer worth their two cents needs to play it at least once i mean i've played it i didn't last super long no not a fan no i i just i I don't get enjoyment out of being scared. <laughs> it's it's a, a the it's, it's a, a very game. fun game. And the I remake, just don't get enjoyment out of they, getting scared. The remake they have done a lot of great things that have improved upon the original. I am I'm a massive fan of the original and of the series. So this was a very nice revisit for me. Uh TV shows wise or movies, Last of Us. I also yes, this past weekend rewatched 
Top Gun Maverick. And I'm so, so glad that I was able to get that onto my favorite things of 2022 list that we did. It's still such a wonderful movie. It's so much fun. It is just an insanely fun movie. It said before, say again, it has no reason to be as good as it is, but no. here we are. And that's kind of it for me. And nominated for best adapted screenplay for a reason. Yeah, so that's uh that's not what I've been up to. Louis, what about you? What you been up to? So I think I was ready to do this before I thought we were gonna pod last weekend. I I, I did like the two like let's watch family movies last weekend, uh kind of back to back. And so the first one was You People, the Eddie Murphy Jonah Hill film. Mm. Um that was all right. You know, it, it, there were, it, there were some moments that were really funny. There were some moments that were a little cringy, uh, but Julia Louis-Dreyfus can be good and cringy, right? Yeah. So, so I enjoyed it. It was on Netflix. And then the next night we thought, I thought I'd watch cause I'd seen trailer for it and it looked fun. Holy shit. We watched shotgun wedding with JLo. <laughs> oh, Please tell me you haven't. And if you I have, have not. don't, I don't have fucking do it. I watch everything that Josh Duhamel's in, even though I know that 70% of the movies that he makes are just god-awful. For some reason, I just love him. I love him so much. The best, the only the only good part in that movie was Stifler's mom, which is, like, what she's good at. And I mean, she's amazing. So. Yeah. And I know her name is Jennifer Coolidge, and yes, she's won, like, Emmys and shit now, but she's forever She'll Stifler. forever she's be Stifler's Stif- mom. She is Stifler's mom. Yeah. Forever and always. And then, and then, um, what was the other thing? I got it on the list, right? Oh, then last night we watched, I, you know, in the effort to see all of the Oscar thingies, I watched Elvis. Yeah. And I think we need to remove one of Tom Hanks's Oscars retroactively. <laughs> um, or, or, or he's out for all the ones he hasn't gotten that he should have gotten. So, like, he didn't get one for Private Ryan, but fuck. Um, Oscar Butler was good. He was really good. I hope he doesn't win Oscar for this this role. Me but, too. Um, he was, he looked and acted like Elvis. Yeah. And that's the best thing you can say about that movie. Yeah, there are definitely times where, like, we were talking about it. Like, it's, wait, is that Elvis or is that him? You know, like, is this old footage, particularly in the Vegas era? Yeah. So, because he just kind of embodied him at that point. So he did. It was a, I was like, hats off to him for living that role. Yeah. Also, but the weird thing now, he's like still talking with with the like dialect now. What, yeah. When he hosted SNL, he he was like, he was Elvis. You know, it's like, give it up, bro. <laughs> like, well, and he can't pull a Nick Cage and go marry Lisa Marie, you know? Yes. So, Unless he wants to go with the full Priscilla experience, that's I don't know what his next goal is. So neither do I. It's an interesting turn of events for Austin Butler, though. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing that I've watched that you guys haven't mentioned is Shrinking, and I want to talk about this on the podcast. I texted you guys right after I watched the second episode. The third episode came out on Friday. Um. It's incredible, legitimately incredible. It is uh, very, it's very Ted Lasso 
esque in the fact of like talking about real life stuff and trying to be a good person and trying to figure out how to be a good person after you lose something that's so essential to you. Um, it's got a great little cast of characters. It's not too big. Headlined by Jason C- uh, Jason Seagal and Harrison Ford, who I think tried acting for the first time in a good <laughs> while. I love Harrison Ford, but he doesn't he doesn't really try that hard in a lot of his stuff. He tries in this, and it is he's awesome. Jason Seagal is awesome. Um, Jason Seagal's daughter, who's played by Lukita Maxwell, she's doing a great job. Just highly recommend this show for everybody that is uh, a fan of Ted Lasso and really just a fan of television in general. Highly, highly, highly recommend. Uh, I'm excited for you guys to watch it. I'm excited to be able to talk about it more in depth on the pod. I am curious to actually get around to watching it. Apple TV keeps putting out bangers. Keeps putting out fantastic shows. Um, at this point, like, you got to start comparing the first couple of years of Apple TV with the first couple of years of, like, prime Netflix. Like, that House of Cards era. That elite level Like, of yeah, where shows. everything that was Netflix produced that was a TV show, I will not say their movies, uh, was just kind of elite. You're messing around with Steve Jobs' money, though, so that... You you should be better. That's true. You're absolutely doing that. You are not a uh, scrappy underdog, Mm-mm. like yeah. Netflix was at the start. Plus, the playbook's out there, so you can you have to you you know you have to follow the playbook. So that's true. That's true. Um, they are also starting to get into the non like Apple produced game and like buying rights to movies and hosting them on there and they've got a good lineup on there too they're 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 expanding apple tv quite a bit and i'm enjoying it uh we're going to talk a little bit more about the streaming wars here in a bit uh we are also we mentioned the last of us we're going to finish off the pod today with a review of the first three episodes i have a sneaky suspicion that we're going to be talking about the third one for a good majority of it Mm -hmm. um but we're going to start out talking about the last of us getting renewed for season two after just two episodes Right before the third episode aired, they announced um, that season two was happening. I don't think it was super up in the air. Really, it just depended on whether or not they were going to get a good pop off the first couple of episodes, I'm guessing. And they certainly have. They must oh, Go ahead, Louis. I was just going to say, I mean, they, they did that. And then, like, boom, instantly, Pedro Pascal was hosting SNL. Yeah. Last yeah. night. Right. Like, and that hit, I think he got added, like, 10 days ago. Right. Like it wasn't, a, you know, one of those things where like, oh, we're going to plant the flag three months out. We're going to get him. It was like, ooh, we better get Pedro Pascal right fucking now. So yes. the year it, of Pedro Pascal is starting mm-hmm. again. <laughs> what was that look of hesitation right there, Caleb? I was waiting for you to go. You said again. Oh, again, after crushing it last year with Mandalorian. What else was he in last year? Was it wasn't Wonder Woman? That was two years ago, right? No, he's in the um the Nick Cage movie. Yeah, yeah. There's that, and I feel like he was in something else. Um, I'm looking up his IMDb. I can't remember everything, anything off the top of my Book head. Book of Boba Fett. Um, yeah, he was in Book of Boba Fett also, obviously. Um, I don't see anything else. That was it. Huh. Maybe I'm just imagining Pedro Pascal and just the tear all the time. Um, but season two. 
obviously I'm assume we're all assuming it is tailored for the second video game. Yeah. One can assume the booking to SNL is sort of just a highlight that HBO is recognizing. Oh, we got shit. We caught lightning in a bucket again. I think I saw something about the viewership where the viewership is among the highest of any show or it's something where like it's rival rival in did I say that right? Reveling yeah. Prime Game of Thrones. Yeah, I think it was episode one had just a slightly lower viewer count than the first episode of House of Dragons. Um, and which was HBO's biggest premiere since episode one of season two of HBO of Game of Thrones. And then episode two of The Last of Us had just like a little bit fewer viewers than the highest viewed episode of Game of Thrones ever. Yeah, so they recognize they've caught lightning in a bucket, lightning in a bottle, lightning in a bucket, lightning in a bottle. Be easier and to catch it in a bucket. Be a lot bigger surface easier. area. A lot fucking easier. But you know what? They don't ask me for my opinion when I'm making catchphrases. But yeah, we all love, and it helps that it's absolutely fantastic. Yes, it certainly does. Um, more on our thoughts on it coming up here later. Just wanted to give a shout out there to season two. Cannot wait. Those of you that don't know, pretty big time gap in between part one and part two of The Last of Us. Uh, roughly a decade, right around there. So we're going to go into the future? Yeah, decade yep. past the end of The Last of Us part one. Okay. I'm really, really hoping, not to get spoiler or anything, I'm really, really hoping they can find out and do a continuation with Bella Ramsey. I think she deserves it. To stay on his alley. I agree. Maybe something is like flashbacks of younger Ellie, but yeah, I don't know. She doesn't like she's 19. My guess is it wouldn't come out for a is couple she, of years, right? She's 19 in real life. Yeah, she's 19 in real life. Shit, I would not have guessed that. Um, and it she's only going to be for she's going to be portraying 24 year old Ellie. You know, it only a decade. She's 14 in the first game. She's 24 in the second. I feel like they can do it. No, they, well, they can re reverse Harrison Porter, right? Yeah. Like Indiana Jones. If they need to. Younger, they can just take some of that and put it back on her. It'll work out. <laughs> I mean, I agree. Just networks can get weird about this stuff. 100%. And I'm sure uh, the fans, fans in air quotes, will be pissed about it as well since they're already showing their. Uh, their colors being upset about her perfectly portraying Ellie in the first season so far. Yes. Um, Valerie demands are. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, let's get over to the boys. The boys beat out all of the MCU TV shows to become 2022's most watched superhero show. Kind of crazy. I know it's got a huge established fan base, but still it's, insane. It's insane. I think from the fact that it's beaten out, Disney and all that. Um, but I, I, what I question also, is this a matter of accessibility? Amazon Prime versus Disney Plus. That's true. Certainly, yeah. that has something to do with it, but it beat out. I mean, what were the shows? The Disney the Disney shows weren't as good this year. Yeah. Yeah. And you really, boys... Moon, Moon Knight was the real, like, tent holder there. Tent stakeholder. Um. But and it helps that 
the boys has been consistently fantastic over it's consistently gotten better each season with season three just being top notch so there it has that high level of reputation i guess prestige i guess sort of going with it well i mean you know the thing you know when when uh disney plus came out the first year they gave us wandavision we knew those characters they were they were already in movies that we'd known same with falcon and winter soldier same with hawkeye and loki loki yep and then they come around and they go we're going to expand it with a teenage muslim girl not exactly going to crush the markets right like they expanded with with women as leading roles yep which is you know in two of the three shows so um i think that i think those things happened and and i think there's a little bit of fatigue i think people keep talking about the formula too much so whereas the boys formula kind of unique oh 100 percent yeah i think all of that combined is bunch of the reason why i I also think like amazon is entering they're not i don't know if anyone will ever be mickey mouse level right like i I think disney's got such a stranglehold on the entertainment world that i don't know if anyone can ever be like Mm -hmm. up fighting every round with the with the mouse but some of these huge services, Amazon, no slouch of their own, obviously, in terms of how much money they can throw at something. Uh, yep. They're starting to to win some rounds against the Titan. Them, Apple TV. Yeah, starting to starting to eat up into the into the space. So what you're saying is we have streaming wars on our hands. We do have some streaming wars on our hands. Speaking of, Netflix got bullied harder than I've. Oh not ever seen a company get bullied but it's up there it, that's a pretty aggressive bullying yeah netflix comes out early last week announcing their new um password sharing prevention plan basically to cut off any accounts not based in the home of the account holder on netflix and, and merely got absolutely executed online for it. What what exactly was their rumored strategy for how they were going to do that? Uh, I honestly have no idea. Do you? I, I just do. I just laughed at the reasoning behind it. I never even looked into how they were going to do it. Was it like the, tracking IP addresses? No. The rumor of what I heard was they were going to have um, an account reset or have to repunch in your password once every thirty one days. Gross. That was that's even more I gross. <laughs> that's absolutely horrific. Like once a month, you got to repunch in your password, re-sign in to all your accounts, your TVs, your cell phones, your computers, laptops, tablets, all that shit. Soon you're gonna have to use uh, what's it, Duo, the authentication thing for uh-huh. for school oh. emails and stuff. You're gonna have to yeah. use that to sign into your fucking Netflix account. Yeah, right. They, but, they, that's the kind of shit that's going to make you quit. Like, 100%. That drives away fans. Netflix that combined not, with already kind of losing the market share is a crazy idea. I mean, Wednesday was good, but it's, is it, you know, I, I could see myself canceling it just because that stuff pisses me off. And I, you know. Yeah. You when, know, when's the last I'm time not, you love, when's the last time something on Netflix was a must watch? 
Cobra Kai, but you know. <laughs> like I'm trying to think about it. Season three, Stranger Things. I even think season four, Stranger Things, even though I think it was better, maybe had some huge drop off in terms of like how excited people were about it. I still haven't watched it yet, and I'm a I'm a fan of Stranger Things. I still have yet to see season four. Yeah. Netflix. What the fuck you doing? A little bit. Like you're already starting to lose and now you're making yourself lose. The other bit of Streaming Wars news in perhaps the biggest, the easiest naming miss of all time, Paramount Plus and Showtime are merging to become quote Paramount Plus and Showtime. No no real care on the fact that they're combining. Good for Paramount Plus. Showtime's got some good shows. But how do you not just call it Paramount Plus Showtime? Yeah. It, that's a miss on that's a layup game. beyond layups. That's a wide open layup. Come on. I, I Louis Caleb, neither of you two have Paramount Plus, do you? I do, and I've been gonna get rid of it. So, but I probably won't in once I like I told you guys before we started, I'm about ready to cut the cord. So um yeah. I got it because I thought I was interested in the Jeremy Renner show. Turns out I wasn't. Yeah, it turns out it was bad. Well, it's uh, it's just it it's it's a CBS formulaic week um, show of the week where they get to say swear words and beat the shit out of people. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm in the same boat as you, Louie. I dad and I got it so we could watch some of the Yellowstone spinoffs and I could watch the Halo series and then have seen some of the jackasses in. Top Gun Maverick, but otherwise, Beavis and Butthead, you know. So I mean, uh, you know. obviously, I, I don't touch that more than once a month. It. I was thinking seriously of canceling that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I, I don't, don't think I have it. And I don't know if them adding Showtime sways my opinion that much. Um, Showtime, like, like I'll, I'll be honest. When I'm surfing through my cable, I, I come across Showtime quite a bit. And, yeah. and we'll stop on a movie. So their movie catalog, if what they're showing on Showtime is available via the streamer, it makes it viable. Like it gives it gives you greater movies to choose from. That's how I saw every everything everywhere all at once was on Showtime. It's Showtime has always been great at having like one or two awesome movies every month. Mm-hmm. And like that's worth it for like the seven ninety nine it used to be sometimes, I think. You know, some shows that they've, you know, and Showtime every now and then will have shows that I really dig. Like, I yeah. love American Lee. Gods. Awesome. Well, you know, uh, Shameless. Uh, Tish and I yep. watched like every episode of 11 seasons of that show. So, um, yeah. They're I'm, just I'm like, on. they're they're like, they're smaller budget HBO, at least to me. Like, they've always got a couple of great movies that you can watch, and they've usually got one pretty solid show going. I go back to the early 80s with Showtime. It was like the first pay channel that my parents got. So it used to like the the heat of cable. It was HBO, AMC, Showtime. That was the the triumvirate. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Enough of the streaming wars. Well, I guess not. We're still talking about Amazon. Amazon Prime developing a Tomb Raider cinematic universe, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Which I think is maybe one of the wildest things that they could possibly be doing right now. I didn't know Tomb Raider had that big of a universe. 
I think the idea is that they they're just making a treasure hunting cinematic universe and slapping the Tomb Raider name onto it. Is my guess. Like they're gonna come out with a Laura Croft movie and like a Laura Croft TV show and then pass it on. They have mm-hmm. to. You can't make that much out of Tomb Raider. I uh, yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, it just you make Lara Croft Indiana Jones. Yeah, and you can do a young Indiana Jones. You know, you have to do it like that. You have to do yep. different eras. You could do like I don't. I and I don't. This me not knowing her character, but does she have a, a a grandmother who did stuff? Do you do it in different eras? Do you do a futuristic version? Yeah, you, you could, could do a show with her dad. You could do mm-hmm. like a imaginary show with her kid. That'd be fun. It's a cool story. Like it's a cool treasure hunting Indiana Jones esque story. Wasn't Daniel Craig in that? In the movies? In one of them, yeah. He, one of like the was it one of the Angelina Jolie ones? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It was him and uh Angelina Jolie. I just what looked it name? up. And John Voigt. <laughs> what was the name of the most Bad recent live action Laura Croft that we had? Uh Ander, I wanna say. It was in 2018. Yeah, Alicia Vikander. She, just called I thought, Raider. I mean, I thought she gave that a fair run. She never really got a good shake of it. Yeah, I thought she was great as Laura Croft. The, the movie wasn't great, but like she embodied the character well. Would Angelina Jolie let her dad be cast in one of his her movies now? No way. This is such a crazy-ass Trump fuck. Yeah, no way. No shot. Um, Ross, you want to talk about F1 a little bit? Red Bull and Ford teaming up. I do have a question. Do you want me to do want to ask you before or after I get my breakdown? Before. Okay. Because I think you might answer it in the breakdown, and I think it's a funny question. How 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 was Red Bull making engines? So that's a good question. <laughs> they're so a, they're a fucking sports drink fair, company. Dude, you don't know Red Bull gives you wings. They're just filling up the gas tank with those bad boys. So I I guess I'll give backstory and then lead into the announcement. So Red Bull ran a partnership with Honda. It was a partnership that actually went and led to -to back-to-back world championships. And so Honda, Honda Motors decided, their executive board decided to part ways with Red Bull and leave Formula One racing because it's a huge fiscal investment to get into F1 racing. The executive Honda team wanted to do that. Honda Racing wanted to stay in F1 with Red Bull because it was such a successful partnership. So this past season was a great example. It was still a Honda engine, but they removed the Honda label, all the Honda logos, and they're sort of having a transition out of F1 phase. So long story short, Red Bull you uh used honda gotcha. and the way you work in formula, the way it works in formula one you have a small handful of engine providers you have mercedes who supplies four or five teams you have renault or renault uh that provides one team then you have is it ferrari that provides engines long story short a bunch of the teams that you'll see provide engines to other teams that they're competing with and gotcha. Red Bull was one of those teams that bucked the trend and left that F1 ecosystem to go to Honda. They worked with Honda briefly. Honda was out. 
there was a brief period. I think I talked about it on here before where Red Bull had a brief partnership with Audi. They were going to enter in 2026 and help Red Bull build out the engine. In the meantime, Red Bull was going to try an in-house in their international, I forget, it's like Germany or somewhere around there where they have like a powertrain facility where they build their own engines that they were going to try it out and then bring in an engine manufacturer to help out with that. That fell apart, bringing Audi into the fray. And so now they were looking for another engine manufacturer. Friday, they announced Ford will be that new engine manufacturer. And it's exciting that American manufacturer is entering F1 and joining Red Bull. You're joining a championship contending racing team. And so for, I know a big reason Audi wanted to do it was because they wanted to introduce brand, their brand back into F1 and get a team in F1. And they wanted to do it right in the back of a championship contending team. So it sets up an interesting political situation for Ford as well, where they get to work with a high contending team, see what it takes to win an F1, and then possibly bring their own team in. Own but team. regardless, it's still exciting that an American manufacturer is going to be partnering with this. And Ford the has first a time that it's been an American manufacturer has been an F1. I don't believe so. Ford has worked in F1 in the past and Ford gotcha. has a great history of racing. So it, it, once this deal got announced, you had a whole bunch of people making the Ford versus Ferrari jokes all over the internet. So yeah. it was a nice little run there. But yeah, this this is something that won't go into effect until 2026. And what's funny is for us, that's three years down the line. But for a lot of these F1 teams, they're projecting stuff to like 2030 already. So it's a it's a very quick turnaround in like the grand scheme of racing seasons. Gotcha. That's fun. I mean, that gives me a team to root for if I ever turn on an F1 race again. I tried. I told you that, right? I said it on the podcast. I tried. It was too early. No, no, you tried watching an episode of Drive to Survive. That's I did did that. I also watched. I also tried waking up to watch a a race, and I turned it on, and then I was asleep a few minutes later because it was too early. Uh, It's like when I tried to get into Premier League soccer. It's just too fucking early. I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, but yeah, I mean. Formula One has taken off more in the United States. We have now three races in the U.S., Miami, Austin, and now Vegas will be added in 23. There's rumors a fourth race will be added. We have an American racer, Logan Sargent. I've talked about on the pod before. They'll be racing for Williams, and now we have an American manufacturer heading into F1. So U.S. a fucking A is taking over F1, baby. Ross, is this the portion of the podcast you really miss, Alec? (laughs) <laughs> someone that was loosely interested uh it was like when uh me and ross would start talking about uh baseball right at the beginning until alec like started doing his research <laughs> we would start talking about baseball and alec would just like sit in his corner and the thing like just uh, popping his a- head back and forth waiting for us alec would just put himself on mute and just go off and do his own thing yeah. <laughs> um all right, let's get back to the news a little bit. Uh, Ryan, this is our only MCU news of the week. Ryan Gosling in the mix for a role in Fantastic Four. How we how we feeling about that? It, it, Ryan Gosling has expressed about wanting to get in the MCU in some capacity. We heard rumors that he was interested in 
Ghost Rider now. See, that's the Fantastic one that I like. Four. I, I do like that one too. But I think he'd be a great Ghost Rider. I don't know. I, I don't know what to believe. I do think he gets involved in the MCU in some capacity. It seems like there's genuine interest from him there. We'll wait and see. All until it's officially official. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. Um, all right. Super Bowl Silver Surfer. Oh, that could be fun too. Villain. The Reed Richards would be hard because then because that's a commitment for him. Yes. Right. If you jump on as Reed Richards, then you just you got three big things to do in the next decade. Yep. Right. Um, if he if he goes Doctor Doom, maybe has two movies. You know, they might kill him at, at some point. Uh, and then Silver Surfer's like, cool. I just come in and do some voice work. Awesome. Sounds great. If he does become a Fantastic Four member, is it just me or does he feel more like a Johnny Blaze than anything? Not Johnny yeah. Blaze. Uh, yeah, 100%. Johnny Blaze. He's got that. Ryan Gosling's got that a little bit of the edge to him. Wait, he, it's not, he does, but you got if you do that, then that means you're going to have Sue Storm and 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 Reed Richards be even older. And wait, Gosling, not not, not Johnny Blaze. I'm dumb. Johnny Blaze is Ghost Rider. Um, what the hell is his name? Johnny Storm. Who? What? Human Torch. What's his name? Human Torch. Johnny Storm. Johnny Storm. That's it. I was getting Johnny Storm and Johnny Blaze mixed up. Yeah. I could see it. I think Ryan Gosling's got a bit of the edge to him. I think so, too. But the commitment part is a fair point from you. 100%. Um, I think that's a secondary role. I don't think he does that secondary role. He's going to be Reed Richards. No, he's going to be a guy. Yeah. Top billing name. Yeah. One of the two biggest faces on the uh, on the poster. Unless he wants to be Ben Grimm. Um, let's hop over to the NFL Super Bowl week. Officially starting after today, correct? Yeah. Technically, yeah. Uh, we are a week out as of recording this from the Super Bowl Chiefs-Eagles you guys are going to be more uh, knowledgeable on this than I am. I just like seeing chaos in Philly when the Eagles are good. Oh, God. I think – I know the early line last Sunday night was Eagles by two. I haven't checked it since. Um, uh, current line is one and a half. Yeah. Eagles? Eagles. Yeah, it's moved. Mahomes – Played well in the AFC Championship, considering his high ankle sprain. That's two weeks to keep giving him more and more treatments, but it's also he's one one tackle from a really badass defensive line away from rolling up on his ankle again. Yeah. And if, yeah. if he gets hurt, I do not believe Chad Henney's the man to beat them. Chad Henney can drive against Jacksonville. Philly is is a much better team. I I think Philly wins. Um, not you know. Five six points, you know, something like that. I don't. I'm not saying they're going to win by two touchdowns or, or more, but yeah, that's what I got. I would like the Chiefs. I want the Chiefs, but I think the Eagles are healthier and they have a more complete roster mm-hmm. than the Eagle than the Eagles than the Chiefs. So I lean Eagles as well. I think it's. I think six is a solid point. I think it's a seven, ten point game when it's all said and done. They're so deep. Their their offensive and defensive line depth is just sick. 
it is a ridiculously talented team. It's a young team and they have draft capital on top of that. They have the 10th overall pick and two first rounders. So they are good now and they are going to stay good for a long time. Yeah. I mean, they're going to have to pay Jalen Hurts. I'll be curious because I think, you know, that's the the great equalizer when you have a guy, a quarterback on a, on a rookie deal. If, um, if he chooses to not try to get a bigger salary than Dak or get a, you know, cause Joe Burrow is going to set the next bar. Yeah. And then, and then does he try to set it after that or does he wait till Herbert? And then after that, you know, or does he just say, yeah. you know what, I'm going to be here and, and I'll take it as guaranteed money versus the, I need to have the most per year. Yeah. So I think NFL QB salaries are going to be fascinating to watch the Lamar Jackson thing come out this this NFL offseason, seeing what he ends up with. Um and then and then and then Joe Burrow when he gets paid. Joe NFL, Burrow NFL contracts are still specifically quarterbacks are still like they're just a fucking wild west compared to every other sports league. Everywhere else is guaranteed money. Everywhere else you can pretty much predict what people are gonna get. I mean, that's a huge thing with the Lamar Jackson deal. Reason why it hasn't gotten done is they're still, from what I read earlier today, they're still a massive mile away from the guaranteed money. Hmm. Well, which that's Cleveland Brown's fault. Yes, which it's hilarious. It's objectively hilarious if you think about seeing all the other sports in their guaranteed money, and yet the NFL, the one where there's the most risk of injury, has like the the biggest battle with guaranteed money for players. Yeah. Um any craziness? What's the craziest thing you think might happen in the Super Bowl? Um the crazy yeah. part would be uh Mahomes to be bad. Like that would just be shocking. Like against Buccaneers bad. Yeah, like, well, his line is still better than what he had against the Buccaneers. Yes. But but the Eagles' defense is as good as, if not better than, so. Fair. Uh, craziest thing for me, Rihanna doesn't sing Umbrella. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely happening. I think that's the, I think that's the winner. <laughs> um, although they're, you know, they're in Arizona, so maybe not. Yeah. Can you, you know what she should do? You know what somebody on her team should be telling her to do? is bring Tom Holland out on stage to do it. Oh my God. At that, um, from that lip sync. Yeah. He fucking murdered that. Bring him on stage. Let him go to town. I also want to take a note. We never talked about this on the pod a while back when they changed the sponsorships of the halftime show. It went from the Pepsi halftime to now the Apple music halftime show. I actually think that's a, perfect sponsor for that i just i make fun of everyone i know that uses apple music yeah i think their ui is so bad okay i obviously we prefer spotify here but i'm <laughs> saying the sponsor is a it's a perfect like no it 100 is it makes way more sense pepsi sucks anyway sorry mom i know you're you love diet pepsi but it, it sucks it's so much worse than coke Coke also kind of sucks. Dr. Pepper for life. DP baby. DP baby. Um, all right. Let's talk about DC. James Gunn came out 
told us the plan for the first chapter of the DCU is what he called it. Also, we're done with DCEU. It's just the DCU, according to Mr. Gunn, which I'm all right with. DCEU was a little bit much. Well, they didn't adhere to it, so it, it's fine. Yeah, they also yeah. never did it. Uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but there's also the DC Elsewheres. Uh, that'll come at the end of this kind of little run. But as far as the plan for Chapter 1 of the DCU, it is called Gods and Monsters. has five movies and five television shows uh, with between 2025 and 2027. So lots of content. In a short amount of time. It so first and foremost, just want to get this out there. I'm excited for the restart of the DCU, and I'm looking forward to seeing all the new additions. Hopefully, it creates a coherent story that just doesn't try to recreate the MCU formula. Uh, we are all big fans of James Gunn. Yep, but the MCU has gotten a reputation as being campy, fun lighthearted you know and that is we've seen it from a lot of james gunn's creations of peacemaker suicide squad gardens of the galaxy he leans into that very much i guess what i worry about is him creating a universe where the tone and style sounds very similar to the mcu does that make sense no i totally get that and then i have another just random rant here that I could use your guys' thoughts on. We follow this all enough to differentiate and understand, okay, the Henry Cavill Superman days are done. That whole universe is going to be done. Like, we'll move on. How much do you think this resonates with the average fan that isn't plugged in, that's just seen a new Superman every five years? I think... I think better now, post-MCU. I think if you ask the same question, if the MCU never existed, I think you're absolutely right. That everyone would be like, I don't give a fuck what chapter we're in. Like, just give me Superman, give me Batman, let let them do cool things. But now, like, with the interconnectedness of the MCU and how massive that is, and with, like, the new generation of people coming up, I think it's more manageable for most people now. The thing that they that I think he's smart enough to do is whatever he does with and, and it sounds like with the Superman movie, he's not going to tell us that he came from Krypton and show us that he's yeah. not going to do when they get around to Batman. It's not going to be this is where Martha Kent got shot or Martha Wayne. And, you know, like we're going to I don't go need to see the pearls again. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Nope. And that's that's the part that I think is is crucial to being successful going forward and i think he gets that yeah i agree um, i as far as his tone ross yes he's been funny but he's kind of had to be that like it, it was needed to kind of i mean after thor dark world guardians was a great palate cleanse in the air so i think i think that was what he was supposed to do and then after the first suicide squad thing you know his his version was intentional it was also coming off the Snyderverse stuff. So you needed that tone, that palette changer. So it will be, I will be curious because he's the one writing the Superman movie. Yes. I don't know if he's mm-hmm. going to be able to direct it uh, just because of everything on the table now, but 
Um, that will be the, it'll, it, it, I'm curious to see how he does it and, and who his team is. Yes. That is the one project that I think makes or breaks this whole thing. Um, it's the first, uh, maybe not makes or breaks, but I think it can definitely make. I don't yes. know. Maybe it is make or break. It's the first movie out of the gate, July 11th, 2025. The first feature film in chapter one of the DCU, Superman Legacy. Uh, we'll start off there. It, me, known Superman hater, right, on this podcast, it sounds like American Alien Superman. It sounds closer to Smallville Superman. It sounds like the Americanized Clark Kent dealing with the necessity of also being Superman, which I'm so much more into. Yeah. The humanizing aspect. Yeah. Superman's at his best when he's not super unbeatable, you know? There was uh, something I I read. It was earlier today that made an excellent point in the Henry Cavill, Man of Steel, Papa Kent died from a tornado one of the absolute dumbest things. Whereas in comic books or in other stories, he's died of heart attacks or cancer, things Superman can't save. And it's like Spider-Man, how he feels that guilt. It's the Superman with all his strength and power couldn't save his father. And that, I guess this is another fallacy of that whole Snyderverse and the way it's set up and how I want this American alien Superman to differentiate it of his, if they decided to kill off his father it's in a fashion where like a heart attack or something like that despite all superman's strengths couldn't save him no matter what i think it's a huge character builder that they need to focus on i would prefer if his dad was just already dead already dead like 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 i i, I we don't need to have all of the baggage all the time yeah like what if he's just trying to figure out he's got lois and he's like hot for lois and he wants to figure that part out and then Give me one know. flashback to the hospital room as his dad's dying. What, what I will argue is the this Smallville aspect of Superman is a little more malleable than – and his family upbringing is a little more malleable than Batman's parents dying or Uncle Ben dying. You know what I mean? There's There's been more interpretations of it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, That's the only reason I, mean, I argue against your point. But I'm talking 90 seconds then. It yeah. really like, – like that – he Superman was sent here by Jarrell, right? Like that's that's who his daddy is. That's that's the per the, you know that's what he's got to, to grapple with and figure out why he was sent here and what he's supposed to do for these people. Yeah, you know that's what I like better. Um, Marlon Brando's his daddy. That's who I see. <laughs> I think we skipped over this, so I do want to talk about it. The only four actors and actresses that still have the door open according to uh james gunn and returning to the mcu gal gadot as no, wonder woman not mcu sorry, dcu dcu uh gal gadot as wonder woman jason momoa as aquaman zachary levi as shazam and surprisingly ezra miller Okay, so those are there's a couple of things. Shazam, as soon as this one does shitty because he's a fucking moron in exactly. killing all the Pfizer stuff, um, and when it does poorly, uh, they will agree to walk away. Yeah, they will hundred percent. So, so they're they're that is the least the, likely one. 
Well, I and agree. same thing with Ezra Miller. They're talking about and they're talking about it being a, a crucial turning point for this this new version of the storytelling. But and if they said no, he's not going to be back after this movie. Are you going to go see it? They're afraid yeah. that if they say that, then people won't go. So so they you got to keep it out there, and, and maybe it does well. Who knows? Like it might still be good. Um, someone made a really great point about the flash and how it serves as such an interesting point, how it can perfectly set up to just wipe the history of everything. Flashpoint. Flashpoint. Yeah. Exactly. It's a perfect segue to essentially wipe, wipe the board clean. Who yeah. do you think if they do it that way, one, do you think we get like a last end scene right after um, Barry does flashpoint? And we see one of the new people. Do you think one? Do you think we'll get to see one of the new actors? And two, do you think they'll give us Superman or Batman in that? Oh, well, I don't think they do Batman because they've not cast that person yet. Yeah, not officially. Well, I mean, they've got Pattinson, right? So, but Pattinson yes, is separate. Pattinson the DCU, the DCU Superman, and we don't have a DCU Batman neither. Correct? No, Batman nor Superman. Neither have been officially casted. Okay. Oh, now now the flex would be if it was Henry Cavill. Like if what we just went through last fall was all theater. Yeah. That I yeah. mean, I'm not putting it past James Gunn and, and Henry Cavill to do that, to be completely honest. Now I would uh, I think I would all die of us... laughter if it was uh, uh the rock, but no. I, <laughs> I, I think all of us here in agreement that we like Henry Cavill Superman. Yeah, he embodies like when you think of Superman, you think of somebody that looks like Henry Cavill. Yeah, he's no Chris Reeve, but you know, I hope it's, I hope it's Superman. I hope they just put their balls on the table and they're like, "This is what we've got," you know, and they give us the act. Don't let anything leak beforehand. As hard as that is going to be, oh god, it will not be possible, but. If they could pull it off and you start getting those reactions after the release, it'd be incredible. Austin Butler comes out there at the end. <laughs> Who do we think are some possible candidates for new Superman or new suit or new Batman? Actually, Austin Butler could be either. Yeah, Austin Butler could actually probably be either. Um, who do well, I think? The Batman storyline is going to be older. Yes, it is because, adult Batman Robin, with a kid. Because Robin will be his son. So so that means Robin's oh, going to Damien, be... the Damien ba- uh, Robin. Robin. I'm going to yeah. throw it out there because he's having quite the last couple of years. Give me Glenn Powell, Superman. I was just thinking that. Really? I was seriously thinking that. Give me Glenn Powell, Superman. One thousand percent, I can get behind that. Hangman as Superman, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, or Batman. I think he could do either one. No, he couldn't be older Batman. Um, what? Who else? I still want Tana. We're gonna talk about it in a bit, but I still want Tana Hasi Coates's Black Superman to be Michael B. Jordan. I think that'd be fucking perfect. That'd be great. That'd be very good. Um, 
Any other ones we're gonna throw out there, or should we hop on to the next bit of DC? Let's uh, move on. Next announcement off my list: Creature Commandos, seven episode animated series. I've never heard of them before, but based on a 1980 comic book, Weird War Tales, Creature Commandos, supposedly Peacemaker's dad's in it, like a young Peacemaker's dad. Outside of that, I didn't recognize any of the character names. Well. I don't know. It's it's almost like uh, how Wong is Phase Four and Amanda Waller is is uh, the DCU. Yep. Right. Waller is the next TV show. Uh, continue expressly stated that it continues the story from Peacemaker. Did we ever get confirmed that we were getting like season two of Peacemaker, or is this like the continuation of that? Um, let me look. I don't think so. I don't. I think don't it think was. we ever did. Um, I don't. We don't have confirmation. It's put on hold as James Gunn focuses on DCU. Is supposedly the news. I I'm just reading this right here from BamSmackPow.com. I think it'd be kind of fun, just like do limited series that are like sequen- sequential to each other. It's kind of a cool way to take it. Well, I think Peacemaker was. I think the the other piece. I think you have to look at the production. What did James Gunn? So once he wrapped that, then he went straight into Guardians Three, yep. as well as the Christmas special, and then took on this this mega new job. So I think he would have done it earlier, but he just didn't know when he could plant the flag yet, and so he has to kind of kick it down. I wouldn't be surprised if Cena pops into it. Yeah. But. That'd be fun. I want to keep Peacemaker around. I don't think there's any way we lose John Cena's Peacemaker. No. He's been so great, and everyone is consensusly behind Peacemaker and John Cena. I feel like he should stay around. That's just me. Yeah. Unless he wants to be Superman. <laughs> you wouldn't hate it. I don't I'm... hate it. I don't hate it one bit. Peacemaker? I don't hate it entirely. Channing Tatum. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> you said Channing Tatum, and I watched uh, the Jump Street movies with my family over break a while ago, uh, and I just instantly thought, <laughs> Ch- uh, it would never happen. It would have to be like fan film just fucking around. Mm-hmm. But the internet would break if we got like Batman v Superman, Channing Tatum v Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill, oh Batman, <laughs> Channing Tatum, Superman. I mean, it'd be so good. I, you know what I still think of every time? Martha, you saying that, between those two? Oh my god. You know what you saying Jonah Hill, Superman, reminds me of is Ted 2. Oh, and the yeah. new Superman is Jonah Hill. Fuck! <laughs> Jonah Hill is already in. He's Lego uh, Green Lantern. Lego Green Lantern. Speaking of Green Lantern, uh, I'm most excited to see what Superman Legacy can do. But I think this show might be the funnest I might have with any of these projects. Green Lantern's back. One, I just love Green Lantern. I think it's sick. Uh, The Lanterns in general are dope. Um, But Lanterns, an HBO Max series, will be James James Gunn's DC's take on True Detective. Hal Jordan and John Stewart investi- investigating a cosmic mystery on Earth. I'm all for it. I'm so in. This is like 
when we were fighting for uh Jimmy Woo and Kat Dennings character to go just be Twin Peaks and MCU. Get give me just weird comic book detective. I'm in. And 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 I hope they explore the is it the Lantern Corps? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's let's explore more of that. Hundred percent. Jonathan, he's gonna get that role too. He might. Jonathan Major's taking over. Uh, Next movie, we don't really have a whole lot on it. It's called The Authority. Quote: A very different look at superheroes who are battling using any means necessary. This seems like where Peacemaker might pop back up. Yeah. Yeah. Right, leading this authority group. It also supposedly, I, I haven't read the comics, but the current run of authority comics has like a gritty Superman who kills people as its leader. So like Injustice Superman. Yeah, pretty much. Which like could be kind of sick. I don't know. Uh, we don't have a whole lot about that. We do have quite a bit about Paradise Lost, a Wonder Woman prequel from before De- Diana's birth. It is described as a Game of Thrones-esque political battle to control the throne of, I mean, whatever that island's called, Th- Themyscira. I think you nailed it. I think you got it. I'm this not the could, one to ask. This could be very cool. Immortal... Uh, Amazon Game of Thrones. I'm in. What the hell? Let's see what we see. A bunch of crazy, crazy, not the right word to describe them there. Um, a bunch Gotta of get blood. Linda Carter there. Yeah, Linda have to. Carter have to be an OG on it. Have to. 100%. I think it could be so cool. Just completely turn that kind of genre on its head. Um, we talked about it a little bit, but the next or the first Batman film in the DCU will be titled the brave and the bold. And it's supposed to explore the dynamic between Bruce Wayne and his son, Damien, who takes up the Robin mantle. Supposedly Bruce Wayne doesn't raise Damien. He sends him off to the league of assassins to be raised uh, while he's shadows. Oh yeah. Maybe that's shadows or assassins. I thought it was league of assassins. I'm not sure though. I am not oh. up to date. Um, he probably you would think he would hate League of Shadows given the way that they, you know. Basically. So the way it, the way I understand it from the comic books, Bruce Wayne has a son with Talia Al Ghul, and Tal right. Talia births him, and then raises him around the League of Assassins. Yes, so League of Assassins oh, is what it's called. I just Google it. So, so he's it, the unknown bastard child. He doesn't know about him, probably. Bingo. That's kind of how it's gone in the comic books. That makes sense. Then he comes to Gotham and takes up the Robin mantle. It'd be cool. And he is is raised around the idea of killing is necessary. Don't mess around. There's no redeeming bad guys. And there's the whole comic book battle. But the... What, what what's the right way to say it's the moral battle between Bruce and Damien of killing is wrong uh, or it's necessary that whole thing. So I'm very interested in that'll that be relationship. Fun. Yeah, yeah, that'll be really fun, especially if they do take that angle with Superman and make him the lead of that authority group. Like having Damien on the side of that would probably piss Bruce Wayne off pretty good. Yep. 
Um, we talked about it a little bit. Actually, let's save the elsewheres for the end. We'll finish with that. Uh, the next HBO Max series uh, kind of seems like the throwaway of the group to me, to be honest, called Booster Gold, focused on a janitor from the future who steals superhero technology and returns to our time to be a hero. I mean, basically just does what every single one of us would do. 100%. Yep. Uh, Biff from Back to the Future should be in it. <laughs> yeah. I'm in. Put a DeLorean in it just for fun. Yep. It's, uh, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, based directly off of a, com a currently running comic featuring a darker take on Supergirl. A lot of true grit comparisons. And I think James Gunn's like exact wording was she's been stuck on a piece of Krypton for like 15 years watching everyone die around her and then finds her way to Earth. So a very different upbringing to the super mantle than uh, Clark Kent. I think it'd be cool. Is this on still Kara? We don't know. I would okay. love it if it was Kara. She uh, was a Zora. great Supergirl. Yeah, it it just it. I don't know I, if I asked, she. I don't know if her story would fit super well into this. I asked mainly just from okay, what character Supergirl are we getting? Yeah, I it is not is definitely not the Arrowverse Supergirl. Uh, I think it seems be, like given it, given everything they just went through, I'm going to say hard pass. Yeah. Say so uh, what with all the shit that's been talked on the Arrowverse before. Say what you will. They are a DC story that has their stories together. I and like the Arrowverse. I'm not knocking it. I'm yeah. talking about how they put all this production and they they shot a movie and then they didn't they didn't release it. So, um, I mean, online it gets shit on yeah. by its production quality. Oh, it does, but like, it's a TV show. It's a, it's a, I don't it's think we. I don't think we have. This might be a very hot take. I don't think we have the MCU as it exists now without Arrow specifically. That's not far-fetched at all. The first like five seasons of that show are incredibly high quality comic book TV show. That season two where it was the entire Arrow versus Deathstroke. So cool. So damn good. They did crossovers well in the Arrowverse too. Like it was always fun when Barry would pop into Arrow and when Oliver Queen would pop into Flash. Yeah. I don't know. If they do get rid of uh, Ezra Miller, I do want what's his name, the TV Barry, to be him because he's a great. That guy's Flash. solid. Yeah, he's a good Flash. Um, last movie before we talk about the Elsewheres, Swamp Thing, full on described as a horror film, bodily horror. Um, and the last of the first chapter of the DCU, the last movie. Ending it off with horror, Mr. Gunn says. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so I think Swamp Thing's a character that's been underserved. So hopefully it's done right. Let's talk about these elsewheres. Uh, so this is DC's specific branding for right now the Batman movies. So Matt Reeves is Batman. Uh, and any sequels, the Joker movies and Ta-Nehisi Coates' Black Superman movie are the only things currently planned to be in the Elsewheres. It was, it's essentially being treated as Marvel's 
Fox and Sony movies outside of the um what, what was I trying to say? It, it's like it, it's Venom, how, sorta. Yeah, it's how Marvel treated their non-MCU movies prior to Spider-Man and Doctor Strange merging everything together. It's they are putting an entirely different category to let fans know this is DC, but it's not part of the DCU. Yeah. I do think it's a vote of confidence, at least probably, from Gunn in the Joker 2 script and the Batman 2 script, probably. Well, come on. You can't cancel those. The Batman made a shit ton of money. Yeah, they were never getting rid of the Batman. The Joker was nominated for Best Picture and won an Academy Award for Best Actor. Yeah. And, And Todd Phillips... You want Todd Phillips in your world. Yep. So those those are no-brainers in terms of keeping them around. So, And Ta-Nehisi Coates is just a brilliant writer and creative, so I'm yep. madly excited for that movie still. Yeah, I, I think you – it's just you've got to keep – you want – you've got money invested in good stuff and good people and good talent, so let that be told. Um, I agree. I, I guess if you asked – you know, not that you asked, but – I grew up with the Legion of Doom, and I really would love to see a Legion of Doom, um, but I don't see that for another five, ten years. So that was actually my next question: is like, what would you, if you got James Gunn's ear for one minute, what would you have pitched him? I, I like, I want a bunch of bad guys that then the good guys have to come together and beat. So maybe it's just me. Caleb, you and I were a part of the childhood that grew up with the Batman animated series and the Justice League animated series and the great stories that came out of that. I would just love a coherent Justice League movie. Yeah. I think I almost went that direction. My answer is Teen Titans. A good, oh, that's a good one. A good Teen Titans. That's a good one. Better than Teen Titans Go, the movie? Yeah. And better than the shitty TV show that they've got going right now. There's so many cool, like Beast Boy's story is, at least to me, like one of the top story, like arcs, character development arcs in all of comic books. Like from being just like the shitty character relief or comedy relief in most of everything that he's been in to like where he ends his arcs with Raven and like finally being able to accept love again. Cause he doesn't think cause he doesn't think he can ever protect it. It's so cool. I just love beast boy mm-hmm. and I still love Raven and Starfire. Cyborg's okay. Cyborg's fine. Yeah. Cyborg's there. All right, let's get into these two segments. We're finishing off the pod today with Oscar predictions. We're going to go through the big, uh categories of the oscars say what we think will win and what we wish would win um even though those two things are the same and then we're going to finish out the pod with the last of us review through three episodes let's get into the oscars let's end with best picture end with the heavy hitter let's start with actor yeah let's start with the actors and actresses and then we'll get into animated feature that kind of stuff um Start off at the top of the list here. Actor in a leading role. Nominees, Austin Butler for Elvis. Colin Farrell for Banshees of Inishirin. Brendan Fraser for The Whale. 
Paul Mezcal for After Sun, and Bill Nye for The Living. Sorry, Living, not The Living. Who wants to start off? Go, Ross. You got the phone. Go for it. My want to win and should win are going to be the same. Brendan Fraser for The Whale. Mm. See, I was thinking Colin Farrell's going to win. I don't know who I want to win. So I, I'm on want to and think should and think will. Uh, actually, I'm not. I think Brendan Fraser is going to get it. He's going to getting so much hype. Uh, and deservedly, he he's great in that movie. I you, want Colin Farrell. It? I've seen it. Okay, it's good. It's a solid movie. The best thing about it is his performance in it. Is, I uh, had a coworker tell me it's heavy. Yes, definitely. No pun intended. Yeah. Um, I want Colin Farrell to win, though. I just recently rewatched Banshees of Inishirin, uh, and it's such a fucking good movie. And I just love Colin Farrell in general. Um, all right, let's go to actress in a leading role. We have nominees Kate Blanchett for Tar, Anna de Armas for Blonde, Andrea, oh, I'm gonna butcher this. Risenboro, yeah. Risenboro, uh, for two Leslie, Michelle Williams for the Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Louis, you want to start us off? This is a two-person race. Yeah. Uh, who I want to win? Michelle Yeoh. Who's gonna win? Kate Blanchett. She's gonna mm. get. Oscar I'm in the same three. I'm in the same boat as Louis. I want Michelle Yeoh. I th- I think Kate Blanchett will win. Yep. Interesting. Kate I can see it. High and then she gets a third Oscar. I can see it. I I think it should be Michelle Yeoh. I'm with you guys. Um. And I guess everything everywhere is going to get so much acclaim at this Oscars. I think that I could see them not giving it to her there because they're giving I, it to her somewhere else. I, I, I was going to say, I'm going to preface this and before we go any further and say it very easily could be a night where everything everywhere just cleans house. 100%. It very well might be one of the biggest like running of the show in a long while. I don't know. I, I guess I need I need Tar is on Peacock, so I can sit down and, and do that. That's one of the ones I still need to watch also. Mm-hmm. But she's she's supposed to be amazing in it. Go figure. Poor Anna Darmus. Yeah, well, no, that's a I shitty she, movie though. I wish she get nominated for a better movie. She's like twenty six. I think she'd be fine. I think she'll be, be good. Okay. She'll be okay. Give my girl Anna she'll some love. Um. All right, actor in a supporting role: Brennan Gleeson for The Banshees of Inisherin, uh, Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway. Judd Hirsch for The Fable Wins, Barry Keoghan for Banshees of Anishirin, and Kehu Wan, I think is how you pronounce his name, uh, for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Why don't you lead off, Caleb? I can go this one. You guys did the last couple. I think they're going to give it to Judd Hirsch, he's really good in the Fablemans, and I don't see and as good as the Fablemans is, I don't see it getting a lot of love in a lot of other categories because of what it's stacked up against. I want it to be Barry Keown so bad. 
he's so goddamn funny in that movie and he is having such a good couple of years right now that i want him to take off he's one of my favorite like young not been in a ton of stuff yet actors that i want to absolutely take off he's awesome he'll be fine in batman too yep Yep. Louis, you or me? Um, I think I actually think Kehi Kwan will win this. Mm. Um, I haven't seen it, but I I love everything else that Brian Tyree Henry has done. So if he got one, I would be stoked. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of how I see it will go. I I I agree with Louis. Kehi Kwan, I think, will make a run of it, and just also. Uh, his comeback along with Brendan Fraser's through Hollywood is something everyone loves to see. I could see Brendan Gleason walking away with this though. I could too. I wouldn't be upset about that. He's good. He's, he's it just sucks. He's not the best. He's the bigger name and he's more like the co-lead as opposed mm-hmm. to a side character. So I could see him beating out Barry for it. But it'll 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 sting a bit if the Banshees of Inishirian actor wins and it's not. Barry Keoghan. Um, Actress in a supporting role. Oh, this is easy. Yeah, I think so too. Angela Bassett for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, Hong Chao for The Whale. Should have been the menu. Sorry, what? She should have been nominated for the menu instead. Oh, yeah, I agree. Uh, Hmm. Carrie Condon for Banshees of Inishirin. Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere. And Stephanie Sue for Everything Everywhere. Louis, lead us off. Oh, my queen, my queen. we got to give it to the queen. Yep. Angela Bassett. Yep. I mean, probably within the first 10 minutes of that film, that that one scene, I was like, yep, she's getting a nomination. I I leaned over to Vince when I saw it, and I was like, she's going to get nominated for this. And, and yeah, she she crushed. Absolutely murdered. I'm in the same boat. Should win and think will win. I think Plain it's an open and shut case. Uh, animated feature film. I, I love that it gets its own category, but I hate the fact that it takes movies that I think should be nominated for Best Picture and makes it so they aren't because they have their own category. I don't think that's the case in... Uh, I don't think that's the case in most years. But I think it's potentially the case for Puss in Boots. I'm not going to lie. Our nominees, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, uh, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, The Sea Beast, and Turning Red. So you you think Puss in Boots is like one of the best movies you saw this year? 100%. I think Puss in Boots, Last Wish is legitimately one of the best movies I've seen in the last couple of years. Really? Yeah. No, it's really surprising, and I didn't believe it going in, even with how much people were telling me it was great. It's a, it's a heavy movie. Is this like Paddington Two all over again? Yes, in the best way. <laughs> huh. I I I saw the previews. I was kind of whatever. I mean, it was yeah. better than Samurai Jack or whatever the one with uh, Samuel Jackson, but you know, and Michael Sarah. I, I um. I'm going to jump in here. I think uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. I think so. Yeah, I think that's the most likely. I don't know, though. 
not I held not, not seen here. Robert Zemeckis's Pinocchio. Mr. Tom Hanks. Mr. Hanks himself. Mm, Mr. Hanks. I do want to give some shout out to Turning Red also. I think it just came out. I think if T Turning Red came out now as opposed to at the beginning of the year, it would be getting a lot more Oscar hype. Yeah. Fair. A lot more. I think it's actually really impressive that it stood the test of this year and stayed on that list. Um. All right. Let's hop to director. Sorry. What would you say? I was I was just saying, was it cinematography we took off? Yeah, we took cinematography off because not any of us have seen more than two of the movies, I don't think. Fair. Um, nominees for Best Directing. Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Inishirin. Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name. Sorry if it's not. For Everything Everywhere All at Once. Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans. Todd Field for Tar. And Ruben Ostlin for Triangle of Sadness. I mean, I'm just going to jump in here. Quan and Shiner. Yeah. I think it should. They should win. Nope. Stevie Baby's going to get one. You know. I, I think it becomes the crowning Lifetime Achievement Award one for him to go with the others. I don't know if it's necessarily right, but I think it's. I think he's just going to get it for all the times he didn't get it when he should have got it before. That's a fair point. There is something to those. It's more of a what is it? Legacy award? You said. Yeah. Scorsese's yeah. um, got only one, and it's for The Departed. Great film. Not even in his top five. Yeah. I think Louis right on the money. I think if I was picking. I actually don't know if I can even say that. I think Steven Spielberg will win, um, especially because I don't think he's going to win our next category, which he's up against the same exact movie in it. Um, I don't think he's going to win Best Picture, and I think they'll give him directing as a lifetime. Not that, not give, right? Like, The Fablemans is a great movie. Mm -hmm. I think... But if, it feels Steve's... more like a life... It feels more like a lifetime achievement than this particular movie. Yeah. I think maybe part of that has to do with the fact that it is like semi-autobiographical. Um, I do really, really love that movie, though. I think it's a beautiful kind of ode to storytelling, ode to mm -hmm. filmmaking. All right, the big one. Let's hit it. Best Picture, our nominees, All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar The Way of Water, Banshees of Inishirin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. I feel like all of us are in agreement. Yeah, probably. I mean I, I'm I'm saying should and will everything everywhere. Same. I think it should. I wouldn't be surprised if you got a push in Hollywood um, just because of the way the weighting of the votes and everything goes. Uh, if something like Tar went and came in there at the end or even All Quiet on the Western Front. Um, All Quiet on the Western Front, I think, is a little bit of a dark horse. 
Yeah, that that's I'm just looking at it as just something way outside the, you know, it's either going to be everything everywhere all at once, or it's going to be an upset that comes from way out of left field. Yeah, It's not going to be Top Gun. It's not going to be Avatar. It's not, I don't even think it'll be Banshees of Minishirin because they're going to be represented in at least one acting award and, and maybe even a screenwriting. So it's kind of like, oh, you got your one and two, you're good over here. And that's what will happen. I think women talking is going to get pushed out. Triangle of Sadness might even, like, I wouldn't, I would put that in there. Like if I were gambling on it, I would probably like the odds for that. So is, is it just me or is it kind of funny, the sort of contradiction of Hollywood to have on the best movie, best picture list of the, of a great anti-war movie in all quiet. And then on the flip side, just all America, all fuck. Yeah. With Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. Just the total contradiction or, yeah, the total polar opposites. I see a lot of similarities between Best Picture this year and that twenty is it twenty seventeen Best Picture that Moonlight won. Yeah, twenty seventeen. Um, where like not the Moonlight was bad by any, obviously, a uh, great movie, but just to come out of nowhere as a dark horse and beat a lot of heavy hitters. The fact like La La Land, I think, was pretty much widely assumed to be winning best picture that year but you also had i mean just looking through this manchester by the sea la la land lion hidden figures hell or high water hacksaw ridge fences and arrival that moonlight had to beat out to get there hell or high water was best picture nominated oh yeah i like that movie but huh i love that movie but i do agree it is a bit weird Especially with the rest of that. That's a heavy hitter list. Um, all right. Round it yeah. out. We all said should win every, or want to win slash should win everything everywhere. We might get a little backdoor for All Quiet on the Western Front. Maybe Tar. Triangle of Sadness. One of those. Um, all right. We're heading over to the spoiler-filled segment of the podcast. We're going to review the first three episodes, or Last of Us through three episodes. Um, so this is your last warning. If you have not seen up through episode three of The Last of Us and do not wish to be spoiled, now is the time to exit. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next week. And let's talk about it. Spoiler thoughts. The Last of Us through three episodes. Actually, I want to start with Louie. Okay. Because you're the one that did not play the game slash have any knowledge of the game beforehand. Yep. What are you thinking through three episodes? All right. So getting started, I was like, it's a fucking zombie show. It's a fucking zombie show. We have a post-apocalypse. I mean, I I liked... Um, I mean, Pedro Pascal, I was like, okay, I... I I'm cool with Joel. Joel seems fine. Uh, it's a bummer. He lost his daughter and I can, you know, but, but that didn't, there wasn't anything. And then you just fast forward and he's, he's in the zone and he's kind of a weird person, right? Yeah. Like, like a, he's a troubled person, be, be, you know, after the, the, this apocalypse, but now, and it was really third episode was the one that made it work for me. And it's funny because the third episode is what? 70%, 80% the Offerman experience. Yep. Yeah. But 
showing that there was a human being and, and that there were other human beings on the journey that's helped Joel become who he is. And then um, with him and, and God, I'm drawing a blank on her name, but just when they connected in that one shop and, and, and they were stealing stuff and looking for this, you know, like they are now together. He's bonded. He's bonding with her in a way that that is his, his stand in for his daughter, not his daughter, but, but, and so he must protect her versus she was a job. She was yeah. a job before to get what he needed to do as a mercenary, but now he's imprinted on her and they're going to, so there's a family component. Um, and then of course, um, you're, you might as well just give Offerman his best, uh, Emmy for a guest star on a, on a TV show. Cause that's done. That yeah. is fucking dumb. Yeah. Lock it Opening, up. open and lock, open and shut, close. Don't even need any more nominations. Make it a one person race. Yeah. And, if and, you were going to add anybody, add in, um, what's his name? The co-star of that episode. Um, oh, I know who you're talking about. I, I just saw his name today. I literally just saw his name. I'm looking it up. Um, the Last of Us episode three cast. Why didn't I pull this up beforehand? You know, Offerman will actually Murray like, Bartlett, and Offerman will like actively campaign for him. One hundred percent, right? Because he's just that guy. That is but. exactly a Nick Offerman thing to do. Um. Yeah, Offerman was just and and did you see all the Twitter dicks that are like coming at him for playing a gay guy and you know it's like that's just Twitter. Fuck off. Just go fuck yourself. If you don't like it, just stop watching. Yeah. If you're just gonna bitch about it. Um. All right, Ross. Let's hear your thoughts. So going through the games. Or let me phrase most of of the first game. I was excited to see sort of how it equates one to one with the game, and there are definitely some moments where it's just a straight from the video game. So I think there was a good amount of that in there for me of just seeing a game I enjoyed playing. But on the flip side, I it's been so long since I played Last of Us that you forget it's a genuinely great story, mm. and so I got just pulled back into the story of the last of us and heading into episode three, that whole ep that whole chapter of the game with bill was a meh one in the video game and how this has been completely changed. Bill and Frank's story, just Frank is just a cast off character in the game. He's yeah. alluded to as it's already dead by the time you get there. Yeah, he's already dead. He's alluded to as Bill's partner, mm -hmm. but that like we see he's hung himself, and that's the extent of it. Bill goes on living and doing his own thing. The way they have treated the they changed the character, but they still did a nice treatment job with him and gave Frank a better story instead of just being a guy that hung himself in his living room. I think I texted both you guys this episode three may have been one of the best episodes of TV I've ever seen. I think it was just a beautiful episode and it changed completely from the game itself. And it painted a wonderful kind of like the grow old with someone life that we all talk about granted in a weird post-apocalyptic way, but it was still a very sweet and kind story that brings a teary, right? You know, it gets a little stuffy in the room. And 
I, but I was very much enjoying the season, but I am fully invested into watching this all the way through. And the wild thing, Caleb, you know, is playing the game. That bill arc in the video game wasn't even close to the most sad. Oh no. To the video game. We've got close. heavy hitters coming up. Deep shit. Um, Linsky is supposed to join the cast. Yep. He is also s- both the original voice actors for Ellie and Joel are going to be in it. It is confirmed now that Ellie's voice actor um, is going to play Ellie's mom in a flashback during one of the episodes, which I think is really quite cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, one more quick thing. I love that they gave the Tess character from the video game a nice little sign off for those that don't, aren't aware the voice capture actor and the voice of Tish. Tr- sorry, Tris. Tess. Yes. Tess, damn it, third time's a charm. Um, she passed away in real life like a week ago in the game, and the show gave her a nice little mm. memory of. Yeah, that was great. Um, I, I, I'm, I don't think I can say a whole lot more than has been said already. I think I agree with you, Ross. That I, I, I have been saying that it's the best episode of television that I've seen since the Reigns of Castamere in Game of Thrones, which better known as uh, the Red Wedding episode of Game of Thrones. I think it's legitimately the best episode of television I've seen since that aired in 2012, 2013. Um, And you're right, like the bill section of the game, it's the second chapter of the game. Well, technically third chapter of the game. Yeah, it's. It's the first non-training part of the game, non-practice part of the game. And even then, it's still pretty much just a training part of the game. It's teaching you how to craft stuff, um, how to craft bombs, how to use the environment to your advantage, that kind of stuff. Like You get your first kind of video game boss fight. Yeah, your first boss fight in there. And none of that is important to the storytelling. The important Great. parts of that chapter in the game are exactly what this episode did it makes just like what louis talked about the the important part of this chapter of the game is establishing joel and ellie as family as opposed to a job it's the same way in the game and it's just done differently because it's a video game and you need actionable things for the player to be doing in the video game there's no need to do the getaway in the truck with all the um infected coming at you there's no need to have the crazy steroided boss fight. Yeah, there's no need for it at all. Um, and you don't need Bill to be as... I mean, he's still batshit in the show, right? Like, he's crazy. still a batshit crazy prepper. But you don't need the- him to be as batshit as the video game where he was just... Like, he's the- just comic relief. The biggest the- influence he has on Ellie is giving her a porno mag. <laughs> the main core of the character of bill is still there 100 percent, it's there yeah. and better yes i agree um i, I want to go back to episode two just a little bit because that's the only time so far that we've really really seen the infected in action they're fucking scary 
in the show. They are. Even the base infected. Like, in the game, the clickers and the creepers are more scary than the base infected. The base infected are there as, like, roadblocks to sneaking for the most part. Mm-hmm. The regular infected in the show are fucking terrifying. Terrifying. They're 100%. not quite World War Z zombies, but they're not super far off. Yeah, I agree. We also got our first clicker action. I mean, really awesome. And it, that very intense, suspenseful scene and how how it's technically Ellie that sets them off, but how little of a noise it was. Was it just like how her breathing changed and they went off? Yeah. It it sets a very scary precedent moving forward. Yeah. For some of those sections that we hinted at, um, it's going to be great. If the first three episodes are any indication of how this season is going to play out, Nick Offerman's locked in for an Emmy already, and I think... I mean, I made this prediction kind of boldly beforehand, but it's kind of paying off. I think the Emmy race for best drama is quickly closing. Yes. It's nine episodes, right? Yes. First three, home run. Just full on, crank shot, flip the bat. You've nailed Manny it. Ramirez onto the Boston Turnpike home run. Just, you know, it's gone. All right. Uh, unless they absolutely just. And, they've established the faith moving forward that they're going to keep crushing it unless they just absolutely tank the next six episodes, which I highly doubt. Yeah. I would lock it up now. I think so too. I, I think, you know, we've talked about it in the past. It having this video game spinoff and then comparing it to as much as it hurts my soul. Halo. Like, It's incredible to see when you genuinely put in care and attention to it, how great it can really be. It's just night and day comparing to the to these video game spinoff shows. Yeah. Bring me the Mario Kart show. I want it. <laughs> that was a great Pedro Pastel was great on SNL. He was. Mm-hmm. Also, the booker knew exactly what they were doing, pairing cold play with him. Oh yeah. The, the Venn diagram of the Coldplay fans and, like, the people that are making Pedro Pascal edits on TikTok. Also, the fact that they did that bit in SNL also, great. But the crossover between Coldplay fans and the people that are making those edits are, I mean, it's just a circle. It's a me. No, 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 that, that's not what we said. Um, let's go. Let's go. All right. Any last thoughts here on episode one through three of The Last of Us? No, I'm just ready just, to see. I'm, I got invested. I guess that's the thing is I got invested in the show, and now I'm ready. I, I guess we're a third through, so. Yeah. Ready for it to really hit its peak over the next couple of episodes. Yeah. So. All right. This has been... Who asked you? The podcast absolutely nobody asked for, but we will continue to provide. You can follow the show over on socials at Who Asked You. That's the letter U pod. I'm at Lashapek. Ross is at rparker209. Louis is at Louis101. And Alec is at AlecM underscore one. Um, same time, same place next week. Have a great week, everybody. Later days.
Bye.